Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. It's your turn. Ask us anything. Send us an email to podcast at compassntx.org, O-R-G. Ask Pastor PJ the hardest questions you can think of, and he will answer them on this podcast. We didn't talk about that ahead of time, but sure, why not? Go ahead. <laughs> Throw your questions out there. You know, honestly, though, if you guys do have any feedback or thoughts, we do have that that email address live now. Yes, so if you have questions or if you have feedback for us, we'll happily take it. Yeah. Podcast at compassntx.org. I'm, I'm sure our last episode created questions. I am almost 100% confident. Yeah. Yeah. I am sure. So like 99.9. Yeah. We had a lively conversation after we ended that podcast. And and we're, I mean, he's got a black eye. I've got a bum shoulder now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had it out and we completely resolved it. Have we? Perfectly. Have and we there's a bow on it. it. Is it? The bow was beautiful. Like it's all done now. We, we can done. write a book, co-author it. Yeah. We got yeah. it figured out. No, and but that's just it. Like these are open-handed things by and large. These are not tier one things where we would say this is a gospel You're issue. Disfellowshipped, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna hold fast on this. People do disagree on this, and people do disagree even interpretively and on, the sincerity of their hearts. Yeah, on how to go about applying things in passages like Romans thirteen, and that's that that's there's room for that within the the church and room for that within fellowship with one another without getting so you know, for Klempt and, and upset with someone that you would say, well, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And unfortunately we, I think if we can all agree on something, hopefully we can agree on the fact that, that that was a tragedy of COVID is I think you did see a lot of Christians. Created lots of division. Yeah. A lot of division. So created sad. Out of that, which uh, people left loved. our church. Yep. People. We, yeah. We were, we were lamenting some of the people that, that departed and how, how deep a divide was created between two brothers or sisters yeah. who, who genuinely love the Lord, having some some pretty hard words for one another. And, and that's awful because yeah. you're right. The enemy loves that. Which ironically in Romans 13, that second half is begins with, oh, no one, anything except to love one another. Yeah. And, and so unfortunately that was a casualty of a lot of the infighting that took place around COVID. But man, I'm, I'm thankful that we're three years past that now and I'm not naive to think that nothing like that could ever pop up again in the future. Mm-hmm. And if it does, we're going to cross that bridge and prayerfully consider those things as, as a, a leadership in the church. But um, know this, that that we will stand by scripture no matter what, and we will hold fast to the word of God and abide by the word of God no matter what comes. And uh, and just a, a good reminder to us, I guess, just in general to, to be praying for our nation, praying for our leaders, praying for the next leaders that are going to be elected uh, about a year from now, a little over a year from now. Um, we need to be praying that God will put the right people in place for the that next season of uh, of our nation's leadership and governance. Amen. Well, we're in just two Psalms today, not four, not five, not six, but only two. Those. Psalm 103 and 104, and then Romans 14. Psalm 103, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. And you may have started singing as soon as you open that first Psalm 103, verse one up. Yeah, there's some really good songs that start like that. Yep. Take yep. 103 and just build upon it yeah i was the one that came to mind for me was Ten Thousand reasons um oh that's a good one yeah, yeah. what what were you thinking of there's this gospel song it's as like straight up gospel it's a it's it's an upbeat 
I forget how it goes. Yeah. And honestly, I don't, I don't know who sings it and I'm afraid to, <laughs> to tell you because if it's a bad dude, I don't want to, I don't want to put it out there. There's a song out there that has blessed the Lord in it. It's upbeat. It's gospel. And it's written by somebody. Well, it's sung by somebody. I know, I know it's, I, <laughs> so you know what? It, it, his name came to my mind and I just don't know enough about him to, to endorse him. Kirk but Franklin. it's, it's one Oh three. No, it's not Kirk. Franklin. It's not Kirk. Franklin. It's, it's no straight up gospel. Okay. Like you have to go to the gospel section in the gospel section to get to this song. Dude, Kirk Franklin was gospel for me growing up. He was, and he was, he was good. Like he had that song. Stomp. Um, oh, that stomp. Yeah. Um, and revolution. Do you want a revolution? Yep. Woo, yeah, woo. See, that's, that's, I mean, that's gospel esque. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, bless the Lord. He, the reason this came to mind is that's really what he does in the rest of the psalm is he gives us not 10,000 reasons probably, but he gives us a lot of reasons why we should worship God, why we should bless the Lord together. Um, verse three, he forgives our iniquity. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. Verse four, he crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies us with good. Verse eight, he's merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not keep his anger forever. Verse nine. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins, verse 10. He's as high as the heavens is above the earth, so great is his love for us. He's cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. So many reasons in this psalm for us to worship God. We talked about that with Psalm 100, uh, I think in yesterday's podcast, about um, considering uh, how many things that we can be thankful for and how that should produce joy within us. And this is another psalm calling on us to do the same things. I like in verse 2 that there's a reminder not to forget and I think there's two ways that came to my mind about how we go about that. And one of the ways that for me, I've practiced for years now, I journal. I love to journal because mm-hmm. it helps me to lay out what's on my heart. And I would always wholly recommend that practice as a part of your spiritual disciplines. But also to be reminded about this in the Word of God, to forget not all his benefits is to remind yourself, repeatedly refresh your memory about all that God has done. So stay in your Bible and good job for being here today yep. doing just that. Yeah. Verse 17, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I had an interesting conversation with my kids the other day because we were talking about that word as it applies to God. Everlasting. I don't, we we read it as one of those Bible words that comes up from time to time and and our eyes can kind of glaze over it, but that's an important concept. It means eternal. It's without beginning and it's without end. And that's descripting, described or describing, there's the word, words. The steadfast love of the Lord here, um, his mercy, his faithfulness to us is eternal. It had no beginning and it has no end. He will always be faithful to us, which is a, a cool thought to think about. Another reason to bless the Lord. Another reason. You know, it's funny. I, I just was reminded of that song, Indescribable by Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Remember that song? Yep. That song came out probably like 25 years ago. Yep. A long Such time. a good song. But that's a great song. You should listen to that today. Yep. Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? You place the stars in the sky. Good one. You know them by name. Psalm 104. You are amazing, God. <laughs> Got more? No, I'm good. Okay. Psalm 104. Um, hey, bless the Lord again. Uh, yeah, bless the Lord of my soul. Opens up again there. And uh, this psalm just, I think, uses such a beautiful hyperbolic language to describe the indescribable one. Oof. Um, as we were, and that's literally what I wrote next to my next to Psalm 104. You wrote Chris so. Talman? I didn't write Chris Talman, but I did, I did write that, that it's describing the indescribable mm. one. Covering himself with light as a garment in verse 2. Stretching out the heavens like a tent. I like, I like this one. Laying the beams of his chambers on the waters. Now, I don't know a whole lot about building a house, but I know enough that I wouldn't lay the foundation on a lake. So arrogant. Yeah. I mean, I just would think to myself, you know what? That, that's probably not going to hold up. But this is a reminder of just the transcendent power of God. And it's talking about his creative activity as well. He makes the clouds his chariot. Well, have you ever, 
have you ever flown through the clouds and thought, man, it'd be cool to, to jump out the plane and, and rest on one of those clouds? I, I, I've thought about flying, period. Like, it'd be really cool just to fly. I'd love to fly through a cloud. No doubt. That would be the superhero I would choose. Superhero power I would choose. Yeah? Yeah. You'd choose flight. Flight. That'd be dope. I- immediately, without question. I mean, all the traffic you would skip. Right. Get anywhere you want. Oh, man. I'd be f- so for that. Just the speed, too, to, oh, to yeah. just zip through the air. Yeah, man, it would be, be amazing. Cool. Yeah, I, I used to dream of that when I was young. That was one of my repeated dreams: flying. Actually, there was someone told me that there's a there's meaning if you're flying and like you're falling, that there's some kind of meaning in that. Which I don't know. I, I didn't really take that for dreams. Yeah, yeah. But I did dream about flying quite a bit. Yeah, with a mask or without a mask? I was wearing a mask for sure, <laughs> for sure. And I flew to the French Laundry. Took Yikes. took it off. Oof. <laughs> um. But just the, the uh, yeah, he makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds and his ministers of flaming fire, just praising the power of God, the creative power of God. He goes on and talks about creation there. He talks about uh, making the springs gush forth in the valleys. Um, in verse 10, he's uh, he's talking about the watering the trees of the Lord. In verse 16, makes the moon to mark the seasons. Verse 19, it, scripture does this time and time again, where it praises God. God as creator and uses poetic language to do that. And that's just a, a, a neat thing for us to ponder. I always love those things. Um, creation is one of the the most present and, and awesome reminders to me of God's existence. Especially here, the skies, looking up, seeing the colors in the skies and the cloud formations in the skies and the beauty in the skies just reminds me of God's power and majesty. Verse 24, uh, kind of the culmination, Lord, how manifold are your works? You've done so many different things and all of them testify to you and who you are. Verse 31, may the glory of the Lord then endure forever and may the Lord rejoice in his works. So in verse 15, Pastor PJ, uh, the psalmist talks about wine gladdening the heart of man. Yeah. So is God wanting us to drink alcohol to the point where we're glad? Well, it, it's always the question, and, and you've probably heard pastors describe this and talk about this before, the, the variance in alcoholic content between what we have today versus what was present back then, and, and is it the same, and was it the same? There's clear scriptural prohibitions when it comes to alcohol, and that is that we are not to get drunk. The scripture tells us, do not get drunk with wine. It also says that we should be sober-minded, which is that we should always have our mental mental faculties about us. Mm-hmm. That applies to wine. That applies to anything else that would cause us to lose the ability to think clearly because God wants us to use our minds for the glory of him. And when we lose the control of any part of our bodies willingly, that's that's a sinful behavior. And so the the process the practice of, of drinking of drinking alcohol is there a prohibition against that blanket in scripture no not at all and we would agree with that we would say yeah there's no sinful uh, act of that says to, to have a glass of wine to have a beer is sin and you are in sin if you touch alcohol in fact paul commends timothy to drink some wine to crack one stomach. open every day there were different reasons why people would do that. The The water was not always the most pure in the, the biblical times. And so oftentimes alcohol was added to water to purify it, to kill the bacteria and organisms in the water. And so it would make it safe to drink. Um, but there was... There was also just alcohol. If you think the the wedding feast in uh, John chapter two, which we'll get to soon in our Sunday morning series, but Jesus turns water to wine. Now that wine was wine that would have an alcoholic content that would cause somebody to become intoxicated if they drank too much of it. So we need to, to think, okay, can wine be enjoyed to the glory of God for its purpose? Yes. But can wine also be abused 
like so many other things that maybe are neutral in and of themselves, but if in excess, they become something that is sinful. So can you drink a glass of wine and have your heart gladdened to the glory of God? Yes, you can, but we need to be careful because anything in excess becomes a problem. I will toast to that. <laughs> but, but, not, but not with wine? Uh, probably coffee. I'm a coffee kind of guy. <laughs> there we go. Or bang. You can or toast bang. bang. I, I, will, I will gladly drink a bang. Or a monster. Yeah. I'll gladly drink a, mo- or, a monster. Or that. Or that. And it, the, the psalm culminates kind of in a weird way. It ends in a weird way, rather. In verse 35, let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord of my soul. <laughs> Praise the <laughs> Lord. It's an interesting uh, imprecatory conclusion of this psalm. Well, I, I don't know. Did, did we get to that part about hate? Yeah, we did. Hating yeah, what's hating. evil. Yep. To love good will necessitate a hatred of evil. Like, yeah. There's just, there's no way that you can put those two together. I, right. I, I want so much good that anything that threatens that good, I want out. Well, and even uh, just the desire to be with God, which is the ultimate desire for good, right? Is is to be with him. Necessitates. Undiluted good, right. Yeah. That that all the, the that which is wicked is gone. Yeah. Because the holiness of God cannot coexist with the sinfulness of man without consuming the sinfulness of man. That's right. Okay, Romans 14. Romans 14, Christian liberties. Well, if you were frustrated yesterday, have I got a whopper for you today? a deal for you today. Can we apply Romans 14, Romans 13? Yes. In in the sense that, so for those who were frustrated at our conversation, um, could could we all say that what happened in those years is a matter of Christian conviction, Christian conscience. Yes. If you were offended or hurt by what your elders did or or didn't do, as yes. the case may be, this is a matter of Romans 14. Yes. I, yeah, I think absolutely. And I think there's 100% room for that. And again, I was struck just more reading, you know, Romans 12, Romans 13, Romans 14, just how much of an emphasis on love for one another there is in these passages. And I think a lot of times we twist and pervert and abuse these texts when we make them about getting our way rather than making them about instruction on how to love others effectively. And Romans 14 is about loving other people. It's about understanding where somebody's coming from and living at, uh, at, at peace with other people. That, that was a command in Romans 12, right? It, it, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all all, all people. And, and Romans 14 is a way for us to put that into practice. Um, uh, verse seven stresses that none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. We're after the Lord's good and his glory and his exaltation. Yep. If we live to the Lord, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And that's important for us to remember. We are not our own. We are not these autonomous creatures that get to decide what we want is good and best. No matter what side of the aisle you may fall on on different things. It's about honoring the Lord. Why? Because verse 10 says, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. What is that judgment seat? Is that the great white throne? No. It's called the Bema seat. It's it's the seat uh, of, of judgment. <laughs> hey, the judgment seat. It's the seat of judgment. It's a seat where Profound. rewards will be doled out to Christians, where you will receive uh, that which is good for what you have done in the body, whether good or evil, as it's put in 2 Corinthians. It's it's that, that place of, of meriting reward and, and where we will have the wood, hay, and stubble burned up, and the, the good things will turn into reward there. And then verse 12, each of us needs to give an account of himself to God. So this is about, hey, you need to live within the confinements of your convictions and live for the Lord and glorify God with all things that you do. And that needs to guide this whole conversation on Christian liberty. Um, And then he goes on to talk about in 
beyond that, we need to make sure and decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Okay, food, eating, drinking. What are we talking about here with eating or drinking? Pastor Rod, do you want to talk to the food issue here in Romans chapter 14? Sure. So uh, in in this period of time, first century, uh, Christians were free and they were able to now eat meat at the various temples. They they were able to utilize this food in the strings, drinks that were offered to, to demons, essentially. Uh, well, after these offerings were made, they were sold on the aftermarket for pennies to the dollar. And so a, a frugal family would say, oh, I want to I want to take advantage of some of this cheaper meat and some of this cheaper drink, perhaps. And so now you have people who are eating food that was sacrificed to an idol. And then another Christian says, well, what's going on here? Why are you why are you eating meat that was sacrificed to this idol, this this demonic entity? And for those Christians, they were hurt and offended. And perhaps even if they're Jewish and they're looking at some of the, the non-kosher meat that's being offered as well, then they're, they're, they're having a hard time with this. And so Paul uses a strong word to talk about that person. They're destroyed by the work uh, of this Christian who's eating this meat freely because their conscience isn't bothered. They're not real gods. I'm not going to be stirred up by that. I can be okay by eating this food. But for them, because they had a weaker conscience, Paul suggests, well, hey, decide not to destroy them. Let them, uh, let God work on them in their time and, and maybe don't eat that food in front of them. Maybe choose not to serve that when they come over because that after, after, uh, that, that meat market that they bought the meat from, you know, it's, it's might be free for you, fine for you. You might be free in your conscience, but for them, it's a matter of faith, which he talks about in verse 23. So free Christian liberties, then we could say is not as much a matter of here's everything I get to do, but it's thinking wisely and, and with discernment about how I should conduct myself in a way that promotes unity and love amongst the, the church, amongst other Christians, right? Yes. With, with caveats though, it's even then I would say there's, there's sometimes when the weaker brother, so if there's a weaker brother who comes to our church and, and they're bothered by some aspect of our liturgy, I, I don't think that the weaker brother's complaints or concern would automatically necessitate that the church change her ways. Mm. I think there's factors to consider in this. So even in chapter 14, the goal, of course, is love. The, go- the goal, of course, is the upbuilding of the body of Christ, verse 19. So it might be that the church does need to sacrifice her freedoms to serve this weaker brother, or it could also be that this weaker brother or sister needs to be informed mm. and given a a chance to have their mind shaped appropriately, which again goes back to Romans chapter 12, to transform your mind by the renewal through the scriptures. And therefore, they'll have a properly informed conscience, which will then be free to enjoy whatever it is that might be the, the issue in question. Yeah, that's helpful. That's helpful. So uh, we'll have that conversation with the guy that said you need to wear a pink tie every time you read worship. I just don't know how I can do that, man. (laughs) Salmon's not my color. It doesn't look good on me. Yeah. So Christian liberties uh, are another one of those just difficult things to, to, to process and and wrap our minds around. I mean, well, here's a good one. Like in our, in our present culture, um, well, I guess I'm, I'm less sure about this now, but it used to be that if you're going to preach, you ought to be wearing a tie and a collar and maybe even a suit jacket. and, And we don't do that. That's right. we're, we're a fairly casual church and maybe that's some of the influence of our California background. But I think some people will see that and be like, well, why is this guy? I thought he was, you know, Dr. PJ. Why is he not wearing a, a collar and, and a, and a, you know, a tie? Right. How might you answer that? Yeah. It's, it's, I think part of it is cultural and contextual and you know, there, there's not a biblical admonition that says thou shalt preach in a, a collar and tie. I mean, 
even but don't you take the word of God seriously, Pastor PJ? Well, uh, yeah, but again, I would I would push back and say, okay, so then why aren't you wearing robes like Martin Lloyd Jones <laughs> and Luther and the guys that were were the the heroes of the faith back then? I mean, things change over time, and and dress is not something that's going to put a, a stumbling block in the way of somebody hearing the word of God. We we can preach the word of God. The word of God is not bound by denim, right? So it's not like if I preach in jeans, it's like, oh man, the, the, well, the spirit powerful, has been but, hampered. Yeah, but it can't do that, man. The scalpel can't get through denim. Yeah, or even alcohol, right? I, we brought that up earlier. Now, we, as pastors, we abstain from drinking alcohol. Now, we, I, you heard me say earlier in this podcast that, that it's not a sin to have a beer or a glass of wine, but we choose, we're not going to do that because of the risk of putting a stumbling block in somebody's way who might have an issue with that. Now, if you're in the church and, and you attend our church, it's not something about who we are as a church that we would say, you can't drink alcohol to come to that church. You know, we might have conversations with you. Or we might talk to you about that. If, if it becomes an issue or if there's questions that are raised, we might explain why we do what we do. But this is not something that we're putting on everybody in the church to say, this is a, an, an admonition. This is a law for the church. There's a liberty within the church and those in the church that if you go over to the house and you open up their fridge and they've got a six pack of Shiner in their fridge, it doesn't mean that this is a heathen that is in sin. There's a, there's a liberty there. But if that causes a brother to sin, then maybe when that brother comes over for dinner, you make sure that, that the alcohol's away and you, that's not going to become a stumbling block for them while they're over at your house. Yeah, and this is a tough this is tough territory to, to trek because there's landmines everywhere. Yeah. We might not be talking about your pet, you know, particular area, the thing that you appreciate and enjoy, maybe because we're your kind of church and we tend to do a lot of the things that you appreciate. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, we want to be careful not to offend, you know, that brother who who does like to wear a suit and a tie or, right. you know, come dressed to the nines at church. I think that's wonderful. Great. Right. Uh, in fact, our, our sending pastor would tell us that as pastors, we probably ought to shoot for just above the middle mm-hmm. to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not carrying everybody down, but we're not, we're also not drawing attention to ourselves by dressing inordinately beyond what everyone else is doing. Right. Right. Yep. So there you go. There's Christian liberties in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. Well, I think verse 23, uh, just to, just to emphasize this for you all, as you're looking at your Bible, Paul says, whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And I think this is the critical principle. Help unpack that for us, Pastor PJ. Yeah. It, this is the, the concept of sinning against your conscience. Um, that if, if your conscience is convicting you that what you're doing is wrong, then you shouldn't do it. You should uh, abstain from it because to sin against your conscience, then it does become an issue of sin. Uh, and, and it is something that you need to not participate in. Yeah. So if your conscience is clear to do A, B or C or D, then great. If you can do it to the glory of God, then fantastic. Enjoy that thing. Right. But if your conscience bothers you a little bit by the doing of said thing, then you shouldn't do it right. because you are now violating your conscience, which would be sin. It's not from faith. If you can do the thing from faith, then great. Enjoy. As long as there's nothing in scripture that tells you that's absolutely wrong, in which case then it doesn't matter what your conscience feels, follow scripture. But beyond that, if scripture is silent about whatever that thing is, if you can do it as an act of faith for the glory of God, then fantastic. Enjoy that thing. Enjoy the bangs. But if you can't do that, then you should definitely abstain as is fitting for your conscience. Yep. One thing not to abstain from, reading your Bible. Or this podcast. Again, tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you tomorrow. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.